Amber, what are you drinking today? Amanda, I still haven't looked at the dang calendar. I'm on day 40 something of water. And it's not um, Texas water, it's not Kroger water. Simple truth. But it's a cute water bottle with polka dots and it's vapor distilled. So that's interesting with electrolytes for taste. Oh. Because apparently plain water tastes some type of way. <laughs> water is water. Electrolytes make it taste better. Apparently, this is what I need to have when I start drinking again so that I can refuel myself to feel better quicker. Yeah. I know, like, they say, like, smart water or the pure brand has electrolytes. So they're good for that post drinking. I feel like all water probably has electrolytes in it. Like, they, they make it that way now. I don't know, but it's just freaking water right water, water. <laughs> i'm drinking water and that's what i'm drinking <laughs> what are you drinking amanda well i had to go out into town today for a brief moment so i picked up a dunkin donuts chai tea ice chai tea latte and it's delicious right yes do you have any um rum in it Oh no, me and Ron, we don't get along. I feel like some rum chata in there. I don't get along with rum chata, but I I feel like I can't do straight rum. That'll make me sick. That's the only one that makes me sick. I got sick off of rum chata once and I won't do it again. I do prefer Dunkin' over Starbucks though. Absolutely. Unfortunately, there's not very many Dunkins. They're in the same parking lot. Well, that's convenient. Yeah. They're just getting big here. Again, Duncan? yeah, we didn't have them for a long time. Yeah, they're pretty good. I enjoy a good Dunkin' coffee. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Danny Gonzalez. Just in case you were wondering whose male voice that was, it was Danny. It was. Uh, Danny served in the United States Army from 2005 to 2012 as a 63 Bravo and then a 91 Bravo. How are you doing today, Danny, and what are you drinking? I am doing great, and I am actually drinking hot chocolate with Bailey's. Ooh, Ooh, I should put these into my chai tea latte. Exactly. It would go great with chai. Yeah, I I agree with that statement. Absolutely. That's like the perfect cold weather drink. That one or like hot chocolate with peppermint schnapps. That sounds I haven't had that. That does sound good though. Yeah, because you get that like or like a hot toddy. Yeah. With some whiskey. Mm-hmm. I'll take anything with alcohol at this point. <laughs> yeah, that dry out is starting to catch up to you. I'm ready. You know, we've been, I've been with children a week, five children for the past week. So I'm ready to drink. <laughs> you got a few more. Days. I know. I'll make it there. Yeah, we'll get there. Schwartz Davidson Law is a Texas based veteran friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game, and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. 
So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz-Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. All right, Danny, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how your story started? Um, Yeah, I'm from Ogden, Utah. I was born and raised here. I joined the military because I was newly wed and I had one child and another one on the way and I was kind of at a dead end job and I was like, I need to do something more with my life. So I chose the military. What made you decide to join the army and why did you choose 63 Bravo and then 91 Bravo? And you Um, need to tell us what those numbers are. Okay. It's our MOS MOS, like you only know 11 people. Yeah, 11 Bravo. No, you 88 Mike. You had an 88 Mike. You had 88 Mike. Those are the truck driver, right? Yep. Those are 63 Bravo is a mechanic, wheeled vehicle mechanic. And I was supposed to be a 63 Sierra, which was a heavy wheel vehicle mechanic. But when I first got to my schooling, they told me, hey, guess what? everybody's a 63 Bravo now. So everybody got lumped into one job. And then later on, that's what a 91 Bravo turned into. We just got reclassed to a new number, but still mechanics. So when you got reclassed to 91 Bravo, did you get to do the heavy? No, because it was still the same thing. So you still did all the vehicles? Yes, all wheels, anything with wheels, basically we fixed. So what made you decide to go Army? For me, it was just at the time of when I could go, in all reality. No military background? My grandfather was in the Army, but he's the only other person that was in the military. What other branches did you talk to? I talked to the Coast Guard and the Air Force and the Marines. I'm surprised the Marines couldn't get you in super quick. They're pretty good about that. Right there. They tried actually, but they couldn't guarantee my job that I wanted because I really wanted to be a mechanic. Oh, Oh, and I have a bone to pick with you. You didn't even talk to the Navy. I did not. And what's crazy about that? So my ex-wife, twice divorced now, same person, but her grandfather was in the Navy. So you didn't join the Navy because of someone that you ended up divorcing twice? No, but um, it's just funny because that's who I learned all my veteran stuff from was him because he's the one. He was a a veterans advocate for AMVETS in Reno. So before he passed while I was in, he taught me basically everything I needed to do when I got out. That's nice. That's awesome. Well, cheers to the Navy. (laughs) <laughs> cheers to the Mary Navy the same girl twice and divorcing her twice uh, yeah <laughs> yeah let's cheers to that too <laughs> oh and the fact that sure. he had to make sure it was the right decision I guess what she has her TikTok following is way bigger than mine too 
that <laughs> oh yeah she's kind of taken off it's kind of funny yeah <laughs> we'll follow you all right so what we do we do follow you guys do yes we continue to follow you <laughs> <laughs> i love you amanda and her and i are the sober ones <laughs> I know. We're not even drinking. <laughs> not today. Maybe later. Maybe for a second interview today. So, Danny, what were your duty stations? And did you have a favorite one? I was um, stationed at Fort Lewis, Washington, and then Fort Riley, Kansas. I was in aviation both times. So I was uh, air cav, which is weird because, I don't know, I got stuck being in an air unit being a ground mechanic. So that kind of sucked, but it was yeah, good. Yeah, I was just going to ask if, if you were an, a mechanic for all things wheels, how that, I mean, I know airplanes have wheels, but. But they, so the fuelers and everybody else, you know what I mean, has to get to where they need to go. So they still need mechanics. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. But so I was at Fort Lewis, I was in. Four six air cab, and then at Fort Riley, I was it, and then that's in Kansas. I was in one six air cab, so I was in six cavalry my whole army career, just different squadrons. Hmm. Which one so was your favorite? I would say, people wise, I have way more friends that I keep in contact with. My second duty station with is one six, but. Four six, I loved just because where it was at. Washington's beautiful. Oh yeah, Washington. the Pacific I'm Northwest is amazing. Yep. Yep. I know. I was there five years, and I would go back in a heartbeat. Like I loved it there. It's gorgeous. I've I got mean, a up there. It is. It's so amazing. I still have a few friends that are still up there that I talk to, but I would say my second deployment was I keep in contact with those people more, which is crazy because my first deployment was my more traumatic one. We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website, www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Do you have a fun active duty story you can tell us today? Um, yes, actually. For me, I would have to say it's going to be about one of my NCOs. We used to go call each other by our last names, but backwards. So my last name backwards, Seleznog, his was uh, Lig, because his first name's, our last name's Gil. So <laughs> we just went by that forever. And while we were deployed in Iraq, I ran my own motor pool, and he was the fueler NCO, so he was in charge of us because he was the E6, but for that, it's funny because I still talk to him today and that's what we refer to each other as. And he said he had another soldier because he's teaching at a schoolhouse now. And he had another soldier with the last name Gonzalez. And it was instantly the same thing. The kid called him Lig and he instantly called him Seleznog. And it was just like, 
he sent me a message and he was like, it was just like you were still here, even though we haven't talked in, I don't know. It was like four or five years at that time. Holy want to put in the show notes your your last name spelled backwards, backwards. like it's Danny yeah, yeah. Gonzalez. We're gonna people yep. can we'll do it. Figure it out. <laughs> I don't even know what mine would be. What would yours be? Um, my last name is Frost. T Sorf. T Sorf. T Sorf. T Sorf. Yeah. I know my whole name actually because Boy Scouts and. We, I don't know, did stupid shit like that. And I just remember it from all that time. But my I'm whole never... name backwards is Selesnog Eel Enad. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Lee Gonzalez. That's, that's <laughs> fabulous. That is fabulous. How many, if you don't mind mentioning or talking about, how many deployments did you do? I did two. A 15 month was our first one. And then my second one was 12 months. Both times to Iraq. Eventually, you have to leave your backwards last name behind. And yes, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say it. Sleds, sled, I don't, yeah. Sledsnog. Sledsnog. Yep. Sledsnog has to stay behind, and you have to make that crossover from active duty to veteran. How was your transition? To be honest, I'm still going through it. It's still, it's hard, to be honest. I mean, there's, a whole life that people don't understand that only other veterans understand when you're talking to somebody or even when you work at places. Like I was lucky enough to find a few jobs when I got out and worked. We have an Air Force base that's close. So I worked there for a little while. But for me, the hardest thing was getting used to managing, I guess, my own time because in the military, you're told what to do all the time. Right you know what you're going to do. And that's your whole life. And when you get out, nobody really guides you in a direction on anything when it comes to benefits or helping you transition to jobs or anything else, or even mental health. That's the other big problem I feel is there's not enough mental health for veterans out there that consistency, at least, because When you do go through the VA, you're constantly seeing somebody else because it depends where you're at. Our VA here is a teaching hospital as well. So we're constantly getting new people coming through. I am because they're just doing their residence. Yeah. I had my first child at Balboa in San Diego, the Naval Hospital in San Diego, which is a teaching hospital. And I don't care for teaching hospitals, especially when a procedure normally would only take one person and you end up having 10 in there to all stare at whatever procedure you're having done. It's lovely. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But we find a lot of, a lot of our veterans that we have talked to struggle the same as you, as far as what do I do now, now that I'm not being told what to do and when to do it? Yeah. And I think the problem that they run, that some veterans run into is with that idle time, idle hands are never a good thing. And that's where the spiral downward can begin. Yeah. Yes. 
and I, I've been there. Like, even though our VA is a teaching VA, I will say we do have a pretty good mental health unit. Cause I did, I had to stay in the ITU 2017. I tried to commit suicide myself and luckily it didn't work. And I ended up taking myself to the VA and everything. I was kind of upset on how they worked it out. Cause I called the veterans crisis line and everything. They told me to go to the VA. They said I can, you know, cause I had an appointment to go see my mental health doctor. Cause I use the vet center because there should be vet centers in every state. I don't know if there is, but there should be. And they're through the VA, but they're not. So I've had my therapist now for, I don't know, since 2017. So few, few years. So I'm glad that it's a consistency for me in that aspect. But um, luckily, like our vet center, like having that as veterans, like, because most hospitals, they only keep you there a week or two, but if you need longer help, I mean, at least if you go to the VA, you can get that help if you're open to it. Right. I do have a question about calling the um, veteran crisis line because I've never had to call it. You are one of the first veterans that we've talked to that has actually said, I've called it. Did they literally just tell you to go to the VA? Like that was their. They talked to me for a little bit and then they said, you need to go to the emergency room and go to the VA. And then that's where it got me kind of mad because they knew what the ER would have done. Cause I've never, you know, done anything like that before. So I didn't know the process and what would have happened. And that's really what happened was they greet our pink card in me and I got stuck there when I had right. an appointment the next day with my, you know, therapist or whatever, but it just kind of made me mad for the fact that they did that to me, knowing what was happening. Cause I was already in a safe place. You know what I mean? I was already good. I was calmed down, but they still kind of pushed me to go there when I feel I probably should have stayed where I was at just because I was already upset and everything. And then there, because my VA from where I live is about 35, 40 minutes away. So that's still a long drive when I was already pretty upset. I mean, besides that, I feel they kind of did a good job, but they can definitely do better. I mean, in all honesty, your best bet is reaching out to other veterans. Which is one of the reasons why Amanda and I make ourselves available 100% of the time to anybody at any time. So, yeah. And why most well, of our like veterans when, that we talk to are the same way. It's helped for me to find a supporting group of veterans that understand yeah. where my head is at, even when I don't understand where my head is at. And vice versa. Like sometimes they'll have an off day and I'm having an on day and I know where their head is at when they don't know where their head is at. Right. So exactly. It, it helps a lot that way to have a strong network of veterans that you can relate to and that you can be in communication with at any time that you need to. I agree. I mean, that was kind of the big reason uh, I wanted to be a part of the podcast. When you guys asked, I listened and everything and I love the fact that you guys are pushing the 22 a day because it is a problem still. I mean, there's still so many veterans that are going without help because they're afraid or they don't know how to get it because nobody taught them. Right. right. I mean, 
I hate to say it, the military is filled with a lot of people that had no other place to go. That was their one place to go. I mean, I grew up in a chitty home and everything. So the military was great for me as an adult. It taught me a lot of things that I was never taught as a kid. But the problem with that is all the mental health problems that come with that too. Like the military really does need to, I feel, do better mental health intake Mm -hmm. so that when people do get out, they're not suffering so bad with PTSD and do better mental health while you're in. Because I'd say it, the military is still kind of toxic when it comes to that. It is. And I think a lot of people, especially active duty, are afraid to go talk to someone about mental health because they joined the military to be able to go down range. And once you exactly. have mental health issues, you ain't never going to go down range again. And that well, is, you can, but it's, it takes right, work. Right. And I think that that is one of the biggest fears while they're still active duty is how do I tell someone I'm having nightmares in the middle of the night or whatever complications come with PTSD and prior trips down range? How do I tell someone about these so that I can get fixed and still be able to do my job in the military because it's what I love doing? Yeah. And so by not doing that though, and still being able to go down range, then you have this, the buildup of everything that's up in in your head and it stays in there and it stays in there and it festers and festers until when you get out, you've either a gone so long without talking to someone. So why are you going to talk to someone now? You've dealt with it for however long on your own, which is not good whatsoever. Or B you it's usually alcoholism. Absolutely or... terrible. Or you're medicating it yourself until you get to a point where yep. you where you go get the help that you need. Which was 100% okay. And it's so important. That's one of the other things that Amanda and I are super advocates for. Is it's okay to not be okay. And it is more than okay to go get help because you're not alone. Whether you're going to go exactly. get professional help or you're connecting with other veterans or some type of a support system because not everyone always needs professional help but you do no, have yeah, to have yeah. some type of a system some type yeah, of a at least somebody system. to talk to to let some yeah. of that stuff out and go yes yeah yep. let it let it fly because it does it comes back it builds back up over and over again and you do you have to constantly kind of purge it in a way yeah right Yes, absolutely. There's a lot to it. And if you're telling the stories to someone that doesn't understand, then they're going to come at you with some weird stuff that's not going to help you. Yes. So it's important to not only purge it, but purge it with someone that is going to maybe not be receptive to it, but can understand it and isn't going to push back. Almost validated in a way, because I feel that's some of my biggest problems when I'm telling somebody why I'm going through something or something. They just don't understand. They can't. I guess they don't have the empathy to understand it. And other veterans really do have that empathy. Yeah. Right. Validation. To have those conversations with people that have never served because they're like, well, if I would have served, I wouldn't have felt that way. And you're looking at them like, 
But really? Like, would you? Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the other thing, too, that's hard. I hate to say that as veterans, we need to do better, too, is everybody has their own different problems and PTSD issues. Just because yours is different than somebody else's, it doesn't make it any less. Right. And I feel that's a huge problem that is still out there. Oh, yes. And that's one of the reasons why Amanda and I talk to all veterans from whether you joined in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, or the current military. If you're a veteran, we don't ask if you, I, I did ask you during this, but when we're initially gathering information for interviews, we don't ask if you were deployed. Yeah. And we don't, it's not that we don't care, but that isn't what makes it you shouldn't a matter. No, exactly. That you signed that dotted line and yeah. that's what and matters. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you did in the military so much as how you feel now that you're out. Right. Exactly. And that's been a huge focus of what we've been trying to get across because we don't want to talk to just the soldier that you know, lost their leg and got four purple hearts. And those people are important and their journey is just as important, but everyone wants to talk to them. And those, those are the veterans that end up getting the help they need because they're so high profile where exactly. Whereas the veteran that maybe did a deployment, but spent their entire time in an office building and saw the violence, but wasn't part of the violence or, you know, whatever, maybe they didn't deploy at all, but they had to deal with the stuff that led to people going to deployments. Like it's all integral. Into exactly. It all affects different people, different ways. Different and ways. that's what, and so I wish more people would understand bring our focus back around to the everyday veteran that doesn't feel like it's okay for them to have the thoughts that they're feeling and to, kind of just drill home that it is okay to have those thoughts and feelings. Yes. Yeah. Which is why we go to every branch too. It, we're not, we're not limited to air force and Navy or Marines and army. We want all the branches. We have a hard time finding air force and coast guard, but we want all the branches and whether you were saw combat or didn't, whether you deployed or didn't, I mean, that's, you're still a veteran. Yeah. Whether you even exactly, your and I and wish more people would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I wish more people would feel that way because I don't know. Anytime you meet a veteran, no matter what generation or whatever, if you sit and have that conversation, there's always that connection, yeah. no matter what, no matter what branch of service or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Because there are veterans that also, you know, they got in, they maybe served two years, they maybe did a deployment, a half a deployment, and then they got hurt. And then they didn't get to finish what they started. And there's a lot of veterans that have a hard time with that side of it as well, where they feel like they weren't able to do enough to be good enough. Yeah. And you're like, but you still did everything you could. Like, it's yeah. not your fault at this point. Exactly. And so we've, we've actually had a couple of, of those veterans on talking. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully others that are in that same situation kind of hear their stories and can pull from it. But yeah, it's very. Yes, for sure very important to us to include all varieties of veterans into our podcast. Um, Danny, how are you doing now? Like you've been through some things, you're kind of starting to find your way. You still 
one day at a time, but how are you doing now? Um, it's still that one day at a time. I mean, I still have my ups and downs. Um, right now I got my full VA disability. So I'm just a stay at home dad. I raised my four daughters. I have four girls God that I have. Oh. oh yeah. It's a, it's so much fun. <laughs> my <laughs> oldest is uh 17. She's Ooh. actually transgender male to female. Okay. And then I have a 15 year old who's going to be 16 soon. And then I have a 10 year old and a six year old. Cheers. 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 (laughs) Cheers. And the one thing I will admit, the military has helped though, like keep me to keep their lives in line. Cause I treat it like I have a little platoon. (laughs) And you know what I mean? I run their lives in that way of, okay, I have to do this for this one, this for this one. And it's, I don't know, it's made it easy for me in that aspect. So I'm thankful for the military in that. Now I understand why you're the only one that's drinking tonight. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And why you're in the garage. (laughs) Yes. Well, actually, when we're done, I actually have to take my 15-year-old to cheer. She does competition cheer. so. Oh, I actually right. That's a whole run around a lot with that too. Feminism yeah. there. Like, Oh, I know. And those moms are vicious. Yes. Cheer moms. <laughs> most of them. Cheer moms. Oh, most, they, most of them are. It's true. <laughs> but most cheer moms, not all. I'm sitting next to a cheer mom right now and she's not one of them. Not all. <laughs> not all. But are a you? high percentage. That's good. <laughs> Especially when you get into the it's upper fun. echelons of competition cheer, like those cheer moms are. And yeah. that's what it is. I guess this is like the number two gym in Utah. And I didn't know that when we signed up for it or anything, because she was on the junior high team. She didn't make the high school team. So I told her, if you do your grades and everything, you can do a competition team. And I didn't realize how much money it was going to be and how much time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely worth it. Cheers to being a cheer dad. <laughs> I will cheers to that. I'll cheers to that. Yeah, cheers to being a cheer- Sometimes I feel like the cheer dads are worse than the cheer moms. Right? If you start giving us spirit fingers in this interview, we are uh <laughs> we are ending it immediately. <laughs> it's we time to go. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be like, check out this cheer dad. Hiding in a garage. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you have any advice that you can give fellow veterans this evening? I would say reach out and ask questions because there's somebody else out there that has probably already gone through it and can help you through it. If it is for helping you get benefits, or if it's even helping you find somebody to help you with something, because there's so many places out there in different your states, if you look it up, that want to help veterans, it's just a matter of you putting yourself out there and asking for that help, which is hard sometimes. Yeah. Right. I'll admit They're it, I need help. Yep. I have to ask for it sometimes. I call my therapist all the time if I need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're a lifeline. It is. And it's true. I mean, even if it's another veteran, I mean, I think that's my biggest advice is just reach out to another veteran or 
somebody that you trust and ask for help in whatever it may be that you need help with. Because I hate to say it as veterans, we're proud and we don't want to ask for help because we were taught we can do it ourselves. Yeah. I I still struggle with that. I mean, oh my gosh, so bad. And it's carrying over. Oh, I do too. And I'll admit it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I am stubborn and I'm bullheaded and don't tell me I can't do it because I'm going to do it. What's so crazy though, like that much worse, right? Having, having that attitude and stuff and, and being bullheaded and being proud is almost the exact opposite of how we had to be when we were in, because when we were in, we weren't allowed to do what we wanted. We had to do what we were told. And now that you were still right. But now that we can actually be independent and do the things that we need to do for ourselves, there's still that part from the military holding us back because who wants to be weak? Exactly. And getting help is seen so much as weakness when in fact, going to someone and saying, I need help, I'm not okay, is probably the biggest strength you could ever have as a human being. Oh, yes. Yeah. Especially here. I hate to say it. Our country's the worst when it comes to mental health. We're so behind that curve. And it is hard because of that. I mean, nobody really does want to go in and ask for help. In all honesty, everybody should at least talk to a therapist at least once in their life because our parents mess us up. School messes us up. Everything (laughs) we do in our life. (laughs) Yep. Everything we do has some sort of part that messes us up and it's how you deal with it. And it's not always the right way. Some of us got better coping skills than others, luckily. (laughs) Well, and sometimes you don't know that something's a trigger until it happens. And then you're like, exactly. Like what just happened? And that's, that's a hard part too, is not knowing what your triggers are and then something will happen or something will be said and you're just, you're either checked out or you get angry or something, something changes in your psyche. And then that moment is, is a lost cause because now you're on another level. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you don't have the knowledge and the skills preset to kind of recognize that that's what happened, then you won't recognize that that's a trigger moving forward and to either avoid it or take steps to better manage that scenario in the future. So that's, that's something that we're dealing with too, is learning how to recognize a trigger and making the changes you need to avoid it or manage it. Yes. All right. Agreed. <laughs> Danny, if our listeners wanted to either continue this conversation or if they just wanted to reach out for someone to talk to, where can they find you? My TikTok is my life is dope 83 and then you can find my instagram from there and you can message me on either i'm pretty much were you born on it for the most part i was me too oh y'all are so old (laughs) we're not even 40 close yeah closer than me (laughs) (laughs) we're not I cannot find a place in Arizona to put the RV I just purchased because I am not old enough. I believe that actually, because 
But there should be a lot of places because nobody from Canada got to come down this year. But I'm not 55. So they really won't. That kind of stinks. Yeah. But you're a great See, but that's, I tried to There's a whole that. bunch of dry spots. Yeah. You can just dry camp. Yeah. Uh, no, we actually, we found today, we found a, a monthly spot at a KOA not too far from my significant other's job site because he works heavy machinery and construction. So okay, we're uh, we're going to be traveling here shortly, but he's got to finish the job he's on. So we made the jump and purchased a nice RV and we'll be living the RV life for a little while. Like RV or like a pool behind, like a fifth wheel? It's a fifth wheel. Okay. But That's it's really nice. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. I know, I believe it. Some of them are way nice. One and a half bathrooms. Like, (laughs) it's. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, nice one. That'll be fun. That'll be a cool adventure. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So I think he is too. And it's what we're going to do for a little while. So, yay. I'll still work on the podcast for a while. What? I said, I'll still be working my eight to five. Yeah, you can come visit anytime. I got a room for you. I will. Are you 55? You <laughs> parks. No, I'm younger than you. <laughs> it sucks too because like all the 55 parks have awesome amenities. Of course they do. They want oh, people I'm sure. to come in there and stay until they die. Yeah. The amenities are sweet. You like can't that. even throw out like that you're military and they won't let you stay. That's probably what they're like. Nope. Even if yeah, you are we definitely don't you're, want you're a veteran. <laughs> nope. <laughs> We I know what y'all did. We had one that was a 55 plus park, but on all of their advertisement, it just said adults only. So I was like, oh, maybe I have a shot at this one. And so I called and they're like, no, we're 55 I'm an adult. <laughs> right? I've been an adult for 20 years. What are you talking about? Grandkids. <laughs> I mean, they're his, they come with it, but he has grandkids that I am now part of that grandparent situation and (laughs) i'm like we have grandkids like let us stay and they're like no that's okay though because i wouldn't have been able to come visit you in one of those parks anyway we would have i would have gotten you kicked out (laughs) we would have partied a little too hard is what she's saying yeah would have probably really liked you because my mom actually stays in a 55 plus park and they, in their little cul-de-sac area, they do happy hour every day at four o'clock. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Happy hour at four. They're old. They have to that is amazing. Early. They got to be in bed by seven. <laughs> <laughs> they have to do it early so they can go to bed early. But yeah, no, they do. They do happy hour every day at four. They, they pull out their little folding chairs and they all sit around and like drink beer and tell stories about the good old days. And they're, they're super fun. I've been invited a few times to go hang out with them. There's a couple of veterans that hang out there. I haven't caught them to come on the podcast yet. They're like the Vietnam, like we don't want to talk about shit type veterans, but yeah, they've got some, you'll get one eventually. Yeah. Yes, they do. Stories offline. So we, we enjoy them. Scale executive search is a veteran owned and operated search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates 
and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. Right. Amber, do you want to talk about the charity we've chosen to support this episode? Yes, I do, Amanda. Thank you for asking. On top of our continued support for the Tilvahala Project, we have also chosen to support the Fallen Outdoors, which is an organization that takes veterans hunting and fishing. They are nationwide. So if you check out their website, thefallenoutdoors.com, you can go on there, put in your information, and you can get hooked up with um, veterans in your local area, and they will set you up with a hunting or fishing trip so that you're able to connect with other veterans. Maybe you just need a day in nature. They'll hook you up. And in order to support Silva Hollow Project and the Fallen Outdoors, we have a merch store where you can purchase a veterans drinking a veterans drinking vodka attire. <laughs> um, we have hoodies, long sleeve shirts, t-shirts, tank tops, face masks, and coffee mugs. We also have koozies and stickers. And in order to get the koozies and stickers, you actually have to reach out to Amanda and myself. And how can they do that, Amanda? Well, we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out if you would like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email or a direct message on any of the social media platforms. If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Pandora, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. It helps with the podcast algorithms to keep our podcast in the spotlight so that more veterans can hear the stories of our fellow veterans. If you would like to see some exclusive uncut video footage of our recordings of these podcasts, we can be found on YouTube at Veterans Drinking Vodka. You can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via Zoom. We start that at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. We do have to put the disclaimer that it is a live unscripted veterans networking event. And so we never know what's going to happen or what's going to be said. And we do advise you to enter at your own risk. But the reason Amanda and I do this podcast is not only to hear from veterans and share their stories, but also to bring about mental health awareness and the fact that 22 veterans kill themselves every day. And 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers.